Have you struggled with changing your mindset up till now? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make the show? Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napple. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. If it sounds like I'm having a difficulty uh, talking, <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I'm exhausted. To be honest with you, the uh, 350 consecutive shows, sometimes two, two a day, three a day, for this long period without having a day off, uh, ends tomorrow night at. 8 p.m. It's like the longest week <laughs> because I'm thinking of tomorrow night is my Friday night. Finally, after 13 months of uh, consecutive no days off, uh, getting four days off for Christmas. So uh, looking forward to the break. It's like a it's like a month vacation for me coming up. For, to have four days off it's it's just unbelievable but i'm to the point where uh and it's been coming for a while but it's becoming more evident in the last couple of days as i get close to the finish line that i'm already i'm already wiped out <laughs> uh but you know what maybe my guest today can help me change that and help me reframe my thinking and and rethink everything about myself and and my life and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about mindset and uh and changing your mind, changing your life. Uh before I bring my guest in today, I need to quickly talk about my sponsors. Audiobooksnow.com is a sponsor of today's program. You know all about the convenience and benefit of audiobooks. You can, you know, uh, take them with you, listen to them at your convenience while you drive, do chores around the house, uh, things like that. So, uh, but what makes audiobooksnow.com the choice for the place that you should get your audiobooks? You can get them just about anywhere. Well, the answer is simple. It's price point, price point, price point. Audiobooks Now Club Pricing Plan is simply the best deal on audiobooks you'll find. It offers the savings and flexibility not found anywhere else with their save-on-everything discounts, rollovers, exclusive offers, loyalty program, incredible selection, and cancel-anytime policy. They simply cannot be beat. Plus, get a free uh, premium audiobook on select titles right now when you click the description uh the link that's in the description start your 30-day free trial right now uh and you won't pay for a month of club pricing the first month is on them cancel anytime up until 30 days and you won't be charged a penny it's only four dollars and 99 cents a month thereafter audiobooksnow.com link is in the description and i do appreciate you patronizing my sponsors today's show is also brought to you by funwise capital funwise capital is a business lender matching platform that gets you the best lines of credit guaranteed you can apply online in 60 seconds or less and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business i did say start uh, if you don't have a business Business, but you got a solid business plan that can help you get funding, get the best funding you can qualify for. You notice how fast I'm reading this now? Because we're behind on time. A strategic lender matching platform sets you through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months, unsecured term loans, loans based on your income, short-term gap funding and bridge loans, uh, they work with real estate startups, as I mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started with them, you just go to apply.funwise.com slash mindog, apply.funwise.com slash mindog, and the link is in the description, and I do appreciate you patronizing all our sponsors. Okay, now uh, on to the big program, and as I uh, mentioned, it's about mindset, and really, can you change your life just by changing your thinking? Uh, if you know me, uh, you know I've talked about this a, a lot of times. Uh, I've tried everything under the sun when it comes to self-help stuff, uh, motivation stuff. I'm still the same old guy that I was back in 1980 when I started reading many, many self-help books. Some people are just stubborn and hard to change, and I, I think I pr provide a great test for people like my guest today. Uh, a serial entrepreneur, David Taylor Klaus, brings decades of experience to his current professional playground at DTK Coaching, where he spent a dozen years uh, coaching successful entrepreneur, 
entrepreneurs and senior executives. And today he's challenged with trying to uh, coach me a little bit and through me, possibly you. So ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds and help me welcome in David Taylor Klaus to the My Dog TV program. David, welcome. Hey man, thank you. Glad to be here. As I mentioned, I'm like uh, the ultimate uh, trying to improve my life, trying to change my life through my thinking all my life long and still the same old guy, at least from, from it's hard to notice changes within yourself. But at least from my perspective, I haven't gotten much better. <laughs> Look, I come from a long line of stubborn. So uh, I'm, I, and I'm from Philly originally, so I'm quite used to this. OK, well. Uh, yeah, so so well, the book is called uh, Mindset Mondays. We here we are on a Tuesday. Um, uh, t- tell me about the idea behind the book. First of all, is it, is it just inspiration and motivation, or is do you give actual practical uh, exercises for people to actually carry through and 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 finish and complete like tasks to learn to change their mind and mindset and change who they are. Um. So, so let me answer that this way. I wrote the book that I needed to read. Okay. And a book that's just 300 pages of motivational pablum wasn't going to change anything for me. It was going to be shelfware. It was going to end up sitting on a shelf in my office after I read it and nothing was going to change. So this book is built around the rewire framework. It's a framework designed to give you tools to take the learning from each chapter six prompts to walk through and actually get you to take that out into the world and use it. Because if you don't use the learning, it won't stick. Right. And this whole book is built around the idea of playing with your mindset and then taking that out in the world and using it. So it has a chance of sticking. It's built mm. for stubborn. Well, um, you know what? I hate to sound really, but I, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's dense. So, um, <laughs> if we could start with the the simple define mindset for for us. Think about it this way: mindset is the lens through which you see the world. It's whatever belief, idea, or thought you're holding that helps you translate the world. Right. right? So, uh, it, so is it fair to say that uh, it it really comes down to your uh, your attitude towards the world? What how you you. As we mentioned a little bit before, uh, before we got on air, you kind of reality is what you make up. So absolutely. You, so mindset is really um, the the reality that you tell yourself the world is, <laughs> right? Absolutely. The, yeah. So we, we've had a lot of conversation throughout this last two election cycles about confirmation bias. The belief that you hold that you see the world through is going to color whatever you see. So if I believe, you know, <laughs> there's a concept I talk about in the book called pronoia. We're all comfortable with the idea of paranoia, the irrational belief right. that the universe is conspiring against you. All these things <laughs> are happening to me, right? right. But pronoia is the opposite. It's the irrational belief that the universe is conspiring for you or in your favor. And if you see the world through that lens, then you will start to find things that are working out for you. It changes the way you collect evidence. We're we're meaning-making machines, meaning events happen and we attach meaning to it. Right. Well, that means that basically everything is made up. Whatever we experience, we're making up and attaching meaning to. And one of my mentors taught me years ago, if if everything's made up anyway, why not make up something that serves? Why not right. make up something good? It sounds beautiful. I tell you what, uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that when, you, when you're saying these things, it sounds a little bit connected to the law of attraction, okay? Uh, and, and so that if you believe that good things are going to come your way, good things, you're more likely to kind of notice those things and manifest them in your life. I've been wanting to buy into that for so long. And every I, just yesterday I had a conversation with myself. It's like because I was thought I, I am, I have a proclivity to, assume the negative assume things are going to go bad i'm a pessimist and i I look at situations sometimes and i say you know what uh three weeks from now i'm going to be regretting this decision things this is not going to work out and but and i'm having this internal dialogue with myself and then i say to myself specifically with intent 
you have to start believing in things are going to work out. And but if I do, um, my fear now, my fear is if I believe this is going to work out, and I make this decision believing this is going to work out, and it backfires, then then I've screwed myself up big time because I believed in something that. Well, you, you've got millions <laughs> of years of our evolution that's programming you to believe in to to plan out all the ways in which it could go wrong because if we planned for all the ways it could go wrong we had a better chance of avoiding those and surviving it so that skill of paranoia or catastrophizing forward has been selected for right but we're no longer living in a scenario where we're dodging saber-toothed tigers we don't have the same <laughs> imminent threats of death so the difference is we've gotten very good culturally and individually at planning for the worst case what we need practice at is planning for what if it all goes right. So many companies have have crushed under the weight of things going well quickly. They can't handle the load. And it's because they planned for all the things that can go wrong, but they never planned for things going well, going right, or exceeding expectations. If you are if you are a future planner, look at both sides. It's a good habit to get into. Well, I agree that everybody who seems to adopt that philosophy on life seems it works out for them. Everybody I know who the problem is the people like me who uh, sometimes I think we need like a major uh, shake up ass kicking, you know, light a ten foot fire under your ass type of moment uh, to to. But even that. You know, I've had those. I've had those real tra tragedies and stuff. And I know, I know intellectually that what you're saying is right. But I have a difficult time, like when it when it comes down to it, that internal dialogue going back and forth. And it, it, you know, people like me, and I bet you, I can't be the only one that's stubborn and, and stupid and and stuck in my place. With, who here's the the value in what you're saying, but. For some reason, it just doesn't stick in times of when you really need to be there. There's a chapter in the book called Words Create Worlds. And and the language that we use shapes our beliefs and experiences. Even that point of saying, people like me, I'm stuck. Right. This is the way I am. So notice that's a, that's a fixed statement. It's binary. You are or you aren't. And when you hold that, when you use that language, it sets, you're setting an intention. Here, let's look at this from the brain science perspective. Our brains, our primitive brains, are kind of daft. They only have four different modes, basically. Fight, flight, freeze, or feed. That's what our brain, that primitive <laughs> part of our brain does, right? There's no nuance. So when you say things like, I'm stuck, I won't change, I'm always going to be like this, your brain hears that, you process it through the emotional centers, and then you're modern brain, the prefrontal cortex has to add language to that. But it's set at the bottom as this is who I am, I'm always stuck. There are three simple words that start to create change. And when you add them to your language, it can make a huge difference. Up until now, I found it hard to change behavior. Up until now, I've been stuck. It, that language alone opens up the possibility for change. Uh, and that's an important piece. It's you change your language, you begin to change the way you approach things. Well, I, you answered for me because as you were talking, I was going to ask you, you know, give me some examples of how to change that language. And you did be, before I get, even got to ask you. So thank you for that. So um, is, it a, is it necessary a one-way street, though? Your words define your, uh, your future, your your mind you know how, how your mind works but don't doesn't uh don't, don't they always often reflect what's going on in your life so it, it works both ways doesn't it yeah so, your language is a giveaway okay <laughs> uh, and, and are there you know is it more than just up until now because up until now seems like a, a very convenient phrase to just hold on to uh huge yeah huge up until now or yet i'm not good at this yet right those are simple ways to change the language Th there's another one that's very powerful the idea of oh i have to do this i need to do this i ought to do that i must all of those need ought to should ooh, should 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 be a four-letter word right all of those are <laughs> external centers of control 
when you start looking at the things that are on your list to get done, the things that you're that that you want to get done through the lens of I want to do this or I get to do that or if it floats your boat, I'm blessed to be able to starting to shift the language you use around motivation. Right. This gets into our, our conversation about motivation. The language is a big piece. No, I don't want to go to the dentist necessarily, but you know what? I'm lucky that I'm able to. I can afford it. I can work it into my time. I get to go to the dentist. Oh, yeah. It no, changes I changes the way you walk into that room. You know, that part of it, I, I, I get. I mean, I'm grateful every day. I'm grateful for everything I have and for the things that go right. And I don't know if any of this ties into any faith or anything like that, but I do believe uh, that, you know, I thank whatever is, is keeping me from, from being a, a big disaster in my life. I, I, sometimes I think it's a miracle every day that, you know, I, I still have a family, a roof over my head, money coming in, food on the table, all those things. And, and I'm yeah. thankful for them. Uh, sometimes I'm confused about how I, I got there. Uh, but I've been married for 28 years. I'm still confused why she's here. So <laughs> right, I get it. Right. Right. Uh, so, but you mentioned your list of things. And lately, because I have so many people who are, uh, of all different uh, life coaches, business coaches, all those kind of things, and hearing the same messages over and over again. You got to write down your goals twice a day. When you get up in the morning, before you go to bed at night, write down your goals. I heard it from like five different people I interviewed in a month. So I started doing it. And what I noticed, cause as you were going, you were talking about the list, that's why I looked over here to see how many I got done. Each day uh, I write down 10 goals for myself. And uh, what, the last four days in a row, uh, I'm, I failed on reaching eight of them. I reached uh, two of them, and they are the least important stuff. And, and so um, it, it, that is self-defeating to me, this uh, whole idea of making a list of – And but because you started out by saying those are the things I need to do. I, I'm writing down the things I need to do. Uh, should I be changing that to things I want to do? Because that's simple, well, dude. <laughs> two things, two things. Um, one is 10 too many, stop it. Oh, right. The, the, if we've got more than five goals that we're tracking, the, all the data behind it is too many goals. Nothing gets done. Wow. So they told accomplishing me two is brilliant, but here's, here's the point. There are two things to play with here. The first one is five. So there's a concept called the first five. It comes from Ivy Lee, a productivity consultant from the 1920s. But the concept is at the end of every day, you write down the five most important things to get done the next day, call them goals, call them what you will. The five most critical things for you to do the next day, business or personal or a blend of the two. And those are the first five things you work on before you do anything else on any of your lists. The idea is these are done, you, you hit each of these five until you are complete or you hit a logical stopping point. It requires somebody else. Right. And if you start doing that, you're not just creating the intention and the goal structure, but you're carving out the time on your calendar to make sure those things have the highest likelihood of happening. And 10 is too many. Because okay. the day happens, life happens. Other people want a piece of you. Yeah. No matter how much you control your calendar. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely true. So, you know, take it down to a manageable load. You get into a routine that way. Hmm. Um, so. And hold on. The, the second piece was the motivation piece. Man, there are things that need to get done. They're important for you to get done. Right. The more you can attach a motivation that's meaningful for you to those tasks, the more likely they are to get done by the time they're supposed to get done. So there are two flavors of motivation, right? One of them is irritation. Ooh, that's gotta be changed, no more of that, whatever. It's running away from something or moving away from something. And then there's inspiration, which is moving towards. It would be great if everything in my life were driven by inspiration. Not always true, right? There's some things that are irritating that I wanna change, I wanna move them forward. But the point is, those are both valuable forms of motivation. And when you harness either one without judging one's good or one's bad, you have a very powerful force to move you forward. So some of the things on my list, let's go back to the dentist. 
I need to go to the dentist. I need to go to the dentist because I want to keep my teeth when I'm old and I want to be healthy. And so I can attach a motivation, whether it's short term or long term, for me to go. So I want to go. Hmm. But again, it's at finding your motivation to attach to it. You've got a lot of entrepreneurs that watch your show and listen to your podcast. The comorbidity, the, the, it's a very high coincidence between entrepreneurialism and ADHD. And this motivation piece is a huge piece that we take out of the ADD coaching world. It's attach your individual motivation to everything that's on your list, and you will find you're much more successful at getting them off your list. So is it just a matter of articulating it to myself? Because I look yes. at my first two things on the list, and they both have – the first one is – uh, something I really, really want to happen. It's it, the motivation is, is joy for me. It would be a joyful getting a a not a celebrity guest, but somebody who should be a celebrity guest, somebody who's got a lot of viral attention on them mm -hmm. right now. Getting them as a guest, and the second one is uh, something that's really irritating me, and it's just a <laughs> fact of uh, one sponsor that is delaying has delayed payment for eight months now, and I'm making the collection calls to them to to really and that's not that's not part of the job that i like doing no, it's at all not a it's, sexy part of what you right do. it's the worst part of the job is and it's the, something what i'm dreading motivation can you tie to that besides it'll be off your list once you're done i mean that's always the baseline once i get this done it's off my list well that's what i want to ask you about it and because the first day i set this up and i didn't reach those goals i did put work into a couple of hours on both of them uh but not successful and then i put them together and then roll them over to the next day and then i and i rolled them over to four days now uh and so i'm thinking am i de defeating myself by rolling it over because i'm I setting myself up for this belief that well if i don't get it done today i could always get it done tomorrow <laughs> right? but then there's where you're hitting an energy leak and this is what drains us even before the pandemic right even before everything in our culture politically and culturally has been in upheaval and leaking energy just depletes you right and so even if you can roll it over to the next day you know that you're holding it right. you know that it takes energy to carry it it's like you're carrying a backpack with 50 pounds of rocks in it exactly one of these things that you don't want to do that you're delaying doing because it needs to get done i have to do it that's weight and walking around all day with 50 extra pounds, that's draining. Yeah. <laughs> and if you start seeing these things on your list, even if it's just, I'm going to get one more damn rock out of my bag. So so should the approach be just make get one of that rocks, just take care of one of them spent today, no matter what, be dogged, get it done, get it over with, and then move so I can at least remove one of those <laughs> heavy rocks? Absolutely. I cannot remember now because brain um the author of the book but it was eat the frog first it's do that unpalatable thing first get it off your plate even if that's the only motivation a clear plate's amazing wow you can focus your energy on other things but the longer you hold that sucker all day all day you know that you've got to deal with this sponsor right and all day that's i'm just going to keep stuffing that back wow pretty cool yeah, yeah. Well, I can relate to that. You know, uh, like I said, I, I'm a I'm a case, which is, should make it uh, more interesting. Well, up until now, you've been a case, right? But I, I think of myself as a great example for people <laughs> to kind of uh, who are out there who may, might feel the same way, and and that's why I, I think it, it it's probably a better presentation uh, for me to be that way, right. at least. <laughs> uh, but I, I certainly don't want to hold on to it after the you program. You are not alone. <laughs> we have our, our habits are well ingrained yeah. and changing behavior takes time and consistent effort. Right. And that's not something that people are excited by. So, until they start seeing traction and start feeling the change happening. Right. Then I get, they get excited. Then they get motivated. Then the inspiration kicks in. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. So, and to me, I guess, where, where is it now? Oh, here it is. Uh, that's the name. That's the cover of the book right there. Uh, it's called Mindset Mondays. And I, I guess the, the, the point is really, you know, the idea of it's never too late to really kind of 
make today the be the new beginning for you Excellent. and uh, and so you know so the name of the book is mindset mondays and it says 50 ways to rewire and rewire is highlighted in green so that it makes me think that uh it's part of the brand 50 ways to rewire your thinking uh, 52 ways to rewire your thinking and transform your life now uh 52 ways it, i'm guessing it's one a week just because of the number <laughs> Is that yeah, which by the way, made it, I kept trying to get my the, the folks who were reviewing my book to get the review done. They said, I'll see you after a year. So yeah, it, the idea is it's built to do it weekly. Right. And the rewire, rewire is a framework. It's six steps. Reflect, experiment, write, investigate, revise, and expand. Those there are six prompts at the end of every single chapter. We get folks to reflect on what they've learned from that chapter, to build an experiment to go take this out and play with it in their world. And the prompts are unique to each chapter. So it gives you these things to experiment with. Write down and capture what the experience is. There's something different about grabbing a pen or a pencil and writing. Uh, uh, Brene Brown says it's head, heart, hand, paper, and something different than typing. So it's literally, even, there's even a page with each chapter for journaling to actually do the writing there, right? And from there, you investigate what came up, really unpack what you wrote about, revise the experiment, take it back out into the world, and then start expanding that learning to other areas than the one you played with already. So each chapter, readily digestible, immediately actionable, and steps for you to go act on it. Hmm. The behaviors don't change just by willing them to. The, the challenge with the secret and the, and the law of attraction is many people stop at the visioning and imagining and wanting desperately. I think some of the books and movies that came out about the law of attraction have amplified how easy it's supposed to be. Right. Now, you still have to do the work. You still have to take the steps. Jim Carrey says you still open the door, you make the phone calls, you do the auditions. That's how manifesting works. But you get clear and articulate what it is you're creating. What Rewire does is give you the steps to actually act on what you're trying to shift. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, and what I'm seeing, being clear on what it is you're creating, that is a, a definite challenge for a lot of people, uh, and, and myself included, that clarity stuff, because I you, you kind of touched on ADHD, you know, attention deficit, I don't know if that's what it is, but uh, I'm seeing more and more of it where people... Nobody is an author anymore. They're an author, filmmaker, producer. Uh, and e every single person I have from the creative fields has 19 titles now. And it's like, and I know I've done that too. I mean, I'm guilty of, up until now, I have been guilty of, of putting all you might say, you know, filmmaker or songwriter or whatever, all those kind of things. And it's like I'm not really focusing on anything. So right now, as of today, I'm a podcaster, strictly a podcaster. I have music. If you see me out playing with the band, that's just a, I don't know, a hobby. That's gravy. That's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that idea of clarity because and is are we becoming uh, you know attention deficit society is that yeah the there's problem? some great research about work induced adhd and again that was before everything got turned over the beginning right. of this year yeah we all have slash titles coach slash speaker slash author right right and i think it's important to be clear on who you be who you are at your core and what you're here to do entrepreneurs look i hold the fundamental belief that everyone is here on this planet at this time to create a shift now, the lucky folks spend time figuring out what theirs is, and they put their energy on pursuing it. Entrepreneurs damn well better know what their shift is, the shift they're here to create, because they are their business. Their business is based on their values, their desires, their vision, their goals. And without articulating it, you're just faffing about, waiting right. for what's next. And in a world where people are time poor and attention poor you got to get people's attention to be able to connect or you'll never get their time right so for entrepreneurs is it is it necessary to have this dedicated 
clarity of passion because uh, and the reason I'm asking that is because as you were men- mentioning that what you just talked about I thought of a guest who was on this program who was an uh, like you had serial entrepreneur in his uh, <laughs> in his bio and uh, to me that strikes out as wow the, just going from one business to another so that, uh, but he was a billionaire a billionaire off of never really having a passion about any of the businesses he actually ran, his passion was starting new businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Cause, and to me, that totally, it confused me because don't, aren't you supposed to follow your passion and, and have a passion for something in order to make something really uh powerful in my my thinking you have to be passionate for it so i to me the idea just to go into a business not even really concerned about what the business is and make that successful you have to be you have to know what you're passionate about there's a national speakers hall of fame guy who you know he speaks 75 times a year and he gets paid ridiculously well for it but he said i'm not passionate about speaking I do it because I'm very good at it. I endure the travel related to it because I'm very good at speaking, but I'm passionate about my my bourbon, my cigars, my patio, my wife, not right. necessarily on that order. So he's clear on what he's passionate about. So that drives what he does and how he does it. Wow, that's so it a, may not that's be what you're paid for. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's a, so I've, I've always felt that, in my core, when I look at other people who are, seem to be uh, motivated by money, and, yeah. and and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I've always looked at that, and uh, but never heard it articulated in that way. They're passionate about just the the gaining of money or gain, gaining of those material things, and that's what motivates them and drives them. Uh, what what they can do with the money is what motivates them. The right. Money- almost without exception money is not a motivator it's what we're able to do with or because of the money that right. motivates us there's no intrinsic attachment to paper currency i mean currency is an agreed upon fiction right we all agree that these little pieces of paper or th- this electrical signal that goes through the wires means money but it's not the money we're attached to it's what we can do with or because of it that we get the emotional attachment to Right. I well, I've had that conversation with financial experts. Uh, just uh, just to be a pain in the butt, I've actually you know defined to me what money really is and why, <laughs> what's behind it. If there's no gold behind it, and I even with the gold standard, I was uh, like, what does? Why do we attach so much value to gold? It doesn't. Uh, and so I drive them crazy with trying to get a straight answer at, out of them for that question. But I hear that 100%. It's, well, you know, you know when, you, when you talk about financial planners, there isn't a single financial planner that would let you have all of your wealth tied up in one stock or one mutual right. fund or one anything. Right. The whole idea is to diversify and to do it intelligently and with intention. Well, too many of us measure our success by the amount of money we have, the number of dollars we have in the bank, the number of zeros in our bank account. But for any of our parents or grandparents who lived through the depression, it didn't matter how many zeros you had in the bank. The next morning you had zero, right? So what are the real currencies? Each of us have our own personal set of currencies that are meaningful, whether it's community, faith, travel, time with kids, you name it. We all have our the things that move us and drive us. Yes, we use money to pay for those or to fund those, but the money is not a currency of success. These are the things in your portfolio that you measure, the things that move you, the things that drive you, the things that you're passionate about. Hmm. So when that drives what we do and we're balancing that portfolio of currencies, Money is much easier to navigate, much easier to deal with, much easier to create. Right. So is the book written uh, solely for entrepreneurs or is it a is it written for just, you know, general public? <laughs> it, uh, I have a skew towards entrepreneurs and executives. And yes, it's written for any. It's like an owner's manual for your brain. Right. So, so, so it can be used by anybody. So many of the examples are for folks that are entrepreneurs or executives. Gotcha. Uh, so in our, a lot of the discussions lately, and not 
not necessarily related to business. They could have been related to anything. I've, I've had in the last couple of weeks a lot of guests on about religion for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the discussion comes down to I think it's human nature to want a one size fits all uh, remedy for for whatever problem everything. we're talking yeah for everything <laughs> in life so, but there is no one size fits all because we're all individuals an individual approach uh so this the book and the methods that you're talking about to get people um to change or their thinking to change their life um is that meant you know can anybody really adopt it or do you have to have some kind is there a prerequisite i guess no look it's a, it's a great question i mean look the only prerequisite is that you you desire to create change in your world otherwise it's a paperweight but here's the thing the reason it's broadly applicable is i'm trying to think of the best way to say this look matt anybody can change their world there's a quote i use in the in the beginning <laughs> We do not see the world as it is. We we see the world as we are. So everything about the way, the way we experience the world is ours to shift. But first we have to believe that we have the ability to shift. And next we have to have a desire to shift. Right. From there, and I'm glad you asked this because this isn't a system. Right now on the internet, catnip link, you know, clickbait is seven steps to seven figures, six right. steps to six secrets to blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh my God. It's all crap. <laughs> those, those systems worked for that. Well, it's first of all, how they remember the system. It's that person in that market at that time in that structure, so on systems. I, I think it's the wrong direction. That's why this is a framework. And that's why this whole setup is built around a framework it's something that you can apply to your life your values your community the world that you live in you don't have to do it just the way i did this is set up for you to do it the way you live that's why frameworks are very different wow that that's pretty cool i i don't think i've heard anything kind of uh articulated that quite that way because i think you're right everybody is trying to sell you on a system and that that system comes from a belief that there is it's possible to have a one size fits fits all solution for whatever else so uh that said are the does your do you discuss any like typical traps that people fall into or can fall into as far as mindset like typical i don't want to say seven mistakes that every entrepreneur (laughs) makes but the typical uh, possible pitfalls that can deter you from uh, pursuing this yeah there's it's interesting we have a lot of beliefs we all humans as individuals have beliefs that we inherited from our family, our faith, our community, our culture, they sort of become unwritten rules. And I'll give you a good example. We, we have this idea that seemingly a cultural norm is that the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. Right. And although that's fine in chivalry and, and battling <laughs> dragons, that's not <laughs> a truth. That's an unwritten rule that we hold so much to the extent that even when things are going easy, many of us will overcomplicate them or make them harder so that the win is that much sweeter. And this is that saying, what will this look like when it's easy is a game changing question because it gets you to begin to unpack the unwritten rules that you're operating under and decide what's real and true for you. What will this look like when it's easy instead of let me make this as hard and challenging as possible so that I can really enjoy and savor the victory. There's nothing wrong with with a path being easeful. I know people get stuck on the word easy. What's wrong with finding the easy path? Well, I always say uh, things. There's nothing wrong with simple, but there really is no such thing as easy. <laughs> it's as simple as and it, that's a belief that you hold. Yeah, right. That's well, an unwritten rule that you inherited from yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it definitely is because no matter what I've ever tried to do, um, it never went as smoothly as I planned. So, and my that's how I define easy. If 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 think you know and they, that whole 
cliche, if you want to hear God laugh, tell me your plans. But, yeah. nothing, you know, following a plan, having an idea that this is how it's going to work and this is exactly the way it's going to go. The minute it doesn't go exactly how I see it planned, then it's no longer easy. It becomes, that's a difficulty. That It's not an unsurmountable difficulty, but it's a difficulty. It's a change in plans. It's something I, it, I have to work at now. And so if anything that requires me to ever work because I, I was born with this um, desire to do as little work as possible. <laughs> well, listen, you know, water flows downhill. It doesn't go uphill just because that would be harder and more fun. Right. 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 Eisenhower said years ago, he said, I, I, I found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. So sticking to a plan when conditions start to change is a trap we all get into. Yes, but this was a brilliant plan. Oh my God, this plan was great. And I see all the ways that it could work and sticking with a plan and not responding to current conditions. That's again, a giant energy suck and a sure recipe for disaster. Hmm. You, it, it, when the first bullet flies, you revise your plans and you do it on the fly. And that's why the planning is important. Looking at what could go wrong and what could go right. What will this look like as I move through it and being willing to rely upon your planning and let go of your plans. That is a trap that entrepreneurs, help all of us get into all the time. Right. Well, uh, you know, aside from entrepreneurs, a big part of my audience is creatives. And there is an entrepreneurial spirit within creatives, especially individual artists. So for them, I want to see if maybe we can offer them a little help here. <laughs> How do I phrase this? Uh, I've learned from doing these interviews with with a lot of people in the arts that many uh, have goals that aren't almost impossible to reach um, or they set themselves up with unrealistically difficult goals um and i'll explain i'll elaborate a little bit more on that but they're really shallow goals when you think about what, what how they articulate it and if you ask them to articulate why that's important uh, let me let me explain uh, so I'll, I'll use one person I'm thinking of as an as a <laughs> the most the goal was to get famous as soon as possible. I get I need to get famous quickly, and Ted, uh, that's you know that's really shallow goal. First of all, you, you got to think of what what what's a payoff? Why what is it about that fame that really that's is the question that what's you important want? Important about being famous. right, right? And they can't really articulate that, and um you know, to need to be loved, whatever it is to be recognized, however that is. But it's a, it's super difficult in these times when, you know, Andy Warhol says everybody can be famous from 15, for 15 minutes. It's actually 15 seconds now. But that big superstar fame that he wanted, like he was naming celebrities, uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Jay-Z and all these people, uh, that there's few and far between. And it's a byproduct of... That fame is a byproduct of adding value to enough people's lives that they will celebrate you. But the, just the idea that most of the, the people who articulate that fame as a goal or, you know, the rock star status or whatever people want to tell me it is, they're not clear on that. And they're, it's a shallow goal. So uh, the, the book kind of starts assuming that they've had some clarity on or at least a worthwhile goal and uh, one that they've really thought through that payoff that I was talking about. What is, what is the payoff of fame? Can you talk a little bit about that or am I com confusing? No, 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 no. It, it's a great example, Matt. I, my eldest child is in uh, on camera in film and television and has been for pushing a decade and has had a wildly successful meteoric rise. In fact, my eldest and their, their wife just did the, did the artwork for this book. And Bex is an intense creative. And so is Alicia. And what the difference is, what they're clear on is why they're doing what they're doing, right? Not necessarily what the payoff is. Somebody who wants to be famous, and I don't know this person, so I'm comfortable saying it. Right. Somebody who wants to be famous wants something from the world. Right. Everything the way they've shaped that goal. This is not voting of whether that's good or bad. But here's the challenge with just wanting from that 
you're not getting fed by that as intrinsically as when we want for and being clear about both. But what do you want for? the people that are supposed to love you and adore you. Yes, there are people like the Kardashians that are famous for being famous. Let the outliers go, right? This is about what do you want for? What do you want for your art? What do you want for your music? What do you want for your craft? What do you want for the people you're working with? What do you want for the people who, who are your fans? Bex has been clear from the very beginning about the impact they want to have on the world. And that shows up in the way they do their work. It's not about being famous. Most people who, who get that kind of notoriety <laughs> don't want it. That's true. Right? I, it's and not I, all I, it's cracked I, up to be. Yeah, it's, it's draining. A, the... It's depersonalizing. <laughs> it's exhausting. And when you're driven by the impact you want to have and knowing what that is, not everybody who starts this book knows what the impact is they want to have. But anybody who works through this book will know. Hmm. Knowing what you want for the world around you, for the people around you, makes a huge difference. I, I could come on this podcast and want just from you and want this right. all to be about, I want the exposure that you have. I want to thump my chest and talk about my work and only that. But when I'm clear coming on a podcast of what I want for you and how I want this podcast to be a successful experience for you and for your listeners, that changes yeah. the way I engage with the content, with the host, with everything. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm definitely clear on that because I definitely my two goals are to add value to both my listeners and my guests, uh, and that's really all I'm in for in it for. I enjoy the process I, tremendously, uh, and it, I can actually say that um, for me. I found my purpose in this. It came late in life. I was in radio when I was a young man, and everybody's heard that story enough times it didn't work <laughs> it didn't work out because i had a potty mouth whatever and i got, got blacklisted by the fcc uh anyway 30 years later uh after my career in corporate america and entertaining and trying to keep that together for a while uh basically just said to myself well, you know what i love being in radio podcasting is as close as radio as i can get and, and I can't get fired if I slip up with an occasional f bomb or here and there. <laughs> so this what and and my wife will tell you it changed my life. It changed my personality. It changed who I am. I feel like I found my purpose. Does that does the book do anything for people who were like I was? Um, I, I want to say uh, keeping their purpose in the back of their mind and not pursuing it and uh, giving them. Not the inspiration. I'm, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but the 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 impetus to take that first step to go uh, to discover, rediscover their purpose, reconnect with their purpose is, is I guess, the best word I, I can find. Absolutely. It, it even helps walk people through the idea of identifying what their point of view is, what the 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 primary lens that they use to view the world, the the. The whole purpose, the, the reason I started the Mindset Mondays live broadcast series three years ago, I've been doing every Monday for three years, is because I wanted to get more comfortable speaking to any topic through the lens of my point of view and doing it live and off the cuff. So it was super uncomfortable, but the clearer I got on my point of view, the clearer I was able to articulate what I wanted in the world and what I wanted for myself and for the world. and that made all the difference in traction and moving forward. Did I get clearer on my purpose? Absolutely. But it starts getting, it starts with getting clear on what your voice is and what's important to you. It, it's every client I start with, the first thing we do during that discovery intensive is a deep values clarification so they can articulate what's actually important to them. And by contrast, what's not important to them and understand what's working for them in the world and not through the lens of, where are the values being honored and where are they not? So this book helps take people through the same process, learning, self-discovery of what's important for them. So that's where they're putting their energy and not pissing it away on things that aren't important and aren't motivating and are draining. Yeah. Well, I think that's a huge um, problem with people who are unhappy. The people I talk to are, who are really miserable in the world, it, it's a... Uh, they really are walking around almost 
I don't want to say without any purpose. There's a purpose. They just have don't even give it any time to really dis- think about it, try to discover it, or any of that. It's just, they settled for this is what life is, and yeah. and you know I'm just move, going day to day, punching the clock, getting into the office, working nine to five, come home, uh, watch television, go to sleep, get up and do the, the same. Again. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so that idea of being driven by something, and that's the entrepreneurial spirit, that's the creative spirit, that's that's all, all of what we're t- we've been talking about. Uh, so I want to talk. You have a lot of stuff going on, man. You got uh, Deke TK Coaching. That's your website, right? And that's in the scroll bar mindset mondays with dtk which is what it's that's the podcast you can get information on the book you've got the ability to download download the rewire framework and begin to use that with anything that you're trying to embed in your world and then mindsetmondays.tv is the link to all of the past episodes of Mindset Mondays, all 148 of them so far. Wow. So you did it not just as an audio thing, but an audio podcast, but a video podcast. I do it as a, as a Facebook and YouTube live. Okay. So basically the same thing that we're doing here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, and uh, there are also like six other links to your uh, social media sites and all that stuff, plus a link to where they can buy the book uh, on Amazon, all in the description. A lot of, lot of links. <laughs> a lot of links in the show notes. Right. Um, so, and, and do you, with the Mindset Mondays TV, did you have guests or call-ins or any of that kind of stuff, interaction with? Lots of interaction on text and chat with the folks during the broadcast. And look, it's, it's 10 to 12 minutes of oh. to kick off your Monday. And so the people that, are, that have been showing up are sharing comments, commenting back and forth. Um, I've had a couple of guests before, but mostly it's been a conversation about this with, I usually have no less than three continents represented in the, in the comments thread as people are communicating back and forth. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, very cool. This program, uh, I think the second biggest audience right now is um, Australia. And we've just been named just last night. And I don't know how true this is, but I got an email saying that we were number rated number one in Tanzania. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't even know they speak English in Tanzania. Well, good morning, Tanzania. How are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, very interesting stuff. So well, I'm, I'm very grateful we got a chance to kind of uh, go through this book. Now, um, with all the challenges that the world is facing right now and everything going on, is there any – a lot of us are emotionally uh, – I don't know how to say it, but damaged by, by this last year of uh, – does, does any of that get taken into account when talking about changing your mindset, you know, it's a, it's a, it sounds so simple, but in cases like this, when the, the whole world is turned upside down, uh, it becomes a bigger challenge than, than in normal times. So can, can you speak to that at all about, you know, the, the way to kind of adapt? You wrote the book before the COVID and pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah, it was uh, supposed way, to come out in February. It would have been, right. it would have, it, thankfully, it got delayed till September because it right. came out at the right time. So, so to adapt to what's in it to now to extremely challenging times because mm. these are not normal times that we're living in. So no, they're not. And and I think the most important thing, Cindy's so going to touch back to what you're saying about creatives before. Um, look, we have to dream bigger. The opportunity is to dream bigger than we've ever dreamt before, but take the smallest discrete actions we can towards that goal every day. Same thing here. Focus on what it is that you can have an impact on or you can control. We can focus on the monstrous issues at hand. I can't control what the virus is doing or how culture is responding to it or how this country or any country is responding to it. I can control how I respond to it. I can have more control over the impact on me and my family. So if I put my attention on the things over which I can have some impact or some control and stop wasting my energy obsessing over the things that I have no control over. Yeah. And, and that starts with being intentional about your media diet, social media, television, cable, it doesn't matter. Being intentional about what and how much of it you consume and how broad a source set you use. Being intentional about what you take in, being intentional about what you don't take in, controlling the things that you can control and letting go 
of the rest. Hmm. Well, that that's a huge whole other conversation about that social media element that you brought in there. Uh, and it's something that I think is important. And we've, we've discussed that, too. You know, everything has a positive and negative side to it. And, and so technology can give us the power to do things that we've never done before and, and connect in ways we've never done before. But uh, social media is one of the things that I think really uh can destroy mindsets and so uh I, before i let you go I, I i guess we have to touch on this now it's the idea of how do i put it this way social media uh encourages people to do more of what i think is a very negative uh practice which is judge ourselves against other people and uh especially, you know, could be a facade that somebody else is putting up. But to just judge ourselves against other people and try to kind of follow an example that may not be a healthy example or believe in myths of other people bragging about how perfect their life are, their lives are, and trying to emulate that in some way. Can you talk about that influence on culture and especially on, on entrepreneurism? Because I have several, I don't want to bring them up, several specific examples of people I know who have done this. And I've, I've wasted a lot of negative energy on people who've just kind of uh, made me think that I'm doing something wrong in my business because they're falsely bragging about everything that's going right. in their Yeah, we, we all want our lives to look like they do on social media, right? Right. And and no, I, I think the challenge here, and and again, one of the quotes I play with in this book is from Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. And and that's true because we most often compare ourselves, our beginning to somebody else's middle. I can look at other authors or other coaches or other speakers out there and say, oh my God, compared to them, what the hell am I doing? Well, that that's not useful because they're somewhere else on the arc of their journey. Where am I in my journey? The only comparison that's valid and useful and serves is comparing yourself to the best that you can do in that moment, any, any given moment. There's a great book, and I think this is a powerful one to get with mine, <laughs> is um, Don Miguel Ruiz wrote a book called The Four Agreements. And the fourth agreement is, is a critical one. And in, in the last five years, he's spoken publicly about it being the most important one. And it's that agreement is always do your best. But what's important about it is that situational. It's the best that you're capable of in this moment and not comparing it to any other moment or anyone else is how are you doing it living and leading and loving at your best right now? That's a comparison that's worthwhile. In fact, that's a comparison that can really move you forward. Comparing yourself to anybody else, you have no idea what they're really walking through, what they're really going through, what they've done to get here. Right. It's not a useful comparison. It's just a thief of joy. And and keep in mind that people falsely brag on social media too. I mean, they make stuff up, and it can drive you crazy if you buy into it or allow yourself that. Because I think, as human beings, part of our makeup is this degree of envy that is built into our, for whatever DNA. Somehow, it's built into it, and if you allow yourself envy to feel envy at all. Uh, first of all, it, they might not be telling you the truth, which is, I just brought up, but also just that the, the experience of that, it's a negative thing because it makes you think, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not good enough? Why, you know, all that stuff. And so I, I think it's important for people to recognize that. I know I've been guilty of it in the past and it, it's, it's, it's really taken its toll on me because it is an energy uh a waste of energy. You, know, you used the Absolutely. word energy leak before. I, that's something new that I'm going to <laughs> adopt into my, my language. But I do appreciate your time here, and I hope we help some people. Any parting thoughts uh, be, besides by the book? The book is called uh, Mindset Mondays. Uh, it's by David Taylor Klaus, and it just says, with DTK. Uh, you know, the, um, the, the initials kind of serial entrepreneur and DTK sounds a little like serial uh, murderer and BTK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I was w worried about the description here. DTK. Oh, what did he say? I'm on the NSA watch list now. <laughs> He's saying serial and DTK. Get him. 
Um, but so any parting thoughts for the audience? Yeah, and, and, and I love the folks you're speaking to. Having entrepreneurs, creatives, most of your audience, okay, you follow any of those links below, you'll be able to reach out to me directly from the website. If you've got questions about what you heard today or you've got questions about what you see in the book, reach out. I'm, I'm active, selectively active on social media, and you can contact me through the website. I'm more than happy to answer those questions and see if we can help you more. Excellent. I appreciate that, David. And, th and thank you so much for your time. And you know what? We started this on a, not a, I, you know, I, I, sometimes I'm being a little bit, um, negative on purpose. I, again, I think it, it helps serve the audience if, if I'm a tougher, um, subject to work on <laughs> but uh you uh, honestly in all honestly you did help me with a couple of reframes there i will be using that as up until now or yet uh, a lot more in my life as i catch myself hopefully uh hopefully it will show in positive results for me but i i'm sure we've kind of given some people some uh hope and some uh inspiration and maybe motivation to check out the book and and, and take part in in the exercises so thank you for that and maybe we added some value so thanks and Anyways. come back anytime by the way and have look a great forward day. to it and and keep me updated on how it goes shifting your language i want to hear I will, I will do that. I will, I'll stay in touch. Thanks, thanks a lot, and have a great day, and bye for now. This episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on minddogtv.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on minddogtv.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by VaporDNA. Founded in 2013, VaporDNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on minddogtv.com and use the code ORIONQ. David Taylor Klaus, folks. Uh, again, the book is called Mindset Mondays with DTK, uh, and it's available on Amazon, and the link is in the description, as, as well as links to all his uh, websites and, and social media stuff. Uh, and I hope you will check them out and let, let us know how you're doing. Um, I hope you enjoyed this program and I hope you come back and subscribe and tell your friends about it and have them subscribe too. And go to my YouTube channel if you want and subscribe there. Subscribe everywhere. And <laughs> also uh, join us on the live streams more often. I know the lion's share of the audience likes to listen in, you know, the podcast. But uh, the, the beauty and the reason why we do the live streams is for uh, you to be able to ask questions or, or, or give us some feedback on that. So feel free to join us on the live streams. They happen Mondays through Fridays uh, at 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, as of the new year, we're, we're going to be restricting it to five days a week and 
cutting out the weekends. Uh, and uh, go to my uh, minddogtv.com to get on my mailing list so you know when we're going to have great guests on. And last thing, for questions and comments for me, info at minddogtv.com, info at minddogtv.com. Now, tonight, Two more shows to do, folks, till the big break. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, I uh, have Irwin, Dr. Irwin Redinger, and he's a pandemic expert. And we're going to talk just about the COVID stuff and all that stuff, but the idea of uh, pandemics and if we've learned anything from this one that might help us uh, deal with, because this is certainly not the last pandemic we're probably going to see. As we've noticed in the last 10 years, they're becoming more and more prevalent more often. So a good chance that we will see another one. And have we learned enough to kind of deal with these in a much better way? So until tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, I hope you'll join me then. Have a great day. I'm Matt Napple for the Mind Dog TV Podcast. Bye for now. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sleep in late. And I'm the kind of guy who